Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, um, been putting some plans together and, uh, looking forward to the future and to the summertime. Um, overall the week was busy, but I mean, when is it not? Mm -hmm, it seems mm -hmm. like, but either which way I can't complain. Nonetheless, I took out my braids. Oh yeah. Protective hairstyle done, done. <laughs> and let me tell you, I was telling you before, getting a good wash like you know when you get down deep and you just wash it good like from the scalp all the way out yes. it's just so purifying you're I had this peppermint I was telling you about the same thing with mm -hmm. upper what is it called up north uh naturals mm -hmm. this peppermint retrain <laughs> it's nice on your scalp you see especially since I had the braids in but anyway yeah nonetheless the week was yeah. good very productive good 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 mm -hmm. yeah i actually took out my hair yesterday too and um get, get got a good scrubbing so you know what i mean like you just need it sometime and then do a good hair mask and let it sit and simmer a little bit you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah you know same old as as last week but i'm in good spirits and you know keeping it going um so I think by the end of this month, my office is going to open. So I'm actually looking forward to that to be around mm, people. Nice. Um, but other than that, I'm good. We will jump into headlines mm -hmm. since we're doing good. Um, so I want to start with Doug Ford uh, declared a state of emergency due to the convoy going on in um, Toronto. Or Ottawa, sorry, let's say Ottawa. Well, both. Bo both. Both, but everybody really knows about the yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa situation. And mm -hmm. a lot of people were saying, like, what, what was taking so long and all this stuff. Because I think it really got serious because they went up to Windsor mm -hmm. um, and they were blocking off the, the Detroit-Windsor mm -hmm. um, Ambassador Bridge. So that's when the, when America gets involved and they're like, listen, open up that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I we never have shit really to could understand, like, what they expected to be done. Like, I couldn't really get what... Like, okay, if the United States has the same sort of uh, mandates, then how are we going to influence the states to then take you crossing the border? I don't know. I was kind of lost with, like, the real fight of it all because it mm. seems so convoluted with all this other stuff. Yes, it is definitely So, convoluted. I don't know. But anyhow, yeah, Doug yeah. said, NASA. Go sit down with your truck, them. Yeah, so they were, <laughs> they were, I mean, they started doing things like they were going to, like the mayor said they, they were going to arrest certain people who do, um, like they were blocking people come bringing in gas for the trucks. But I also feel like some of the Ottawa police are also supporters. So I feel like that's why they were able to kind of get away with some things. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, yesterday, um, Doug Ford said he'll be calling his cabinet to draw up orders prohibiting the blockading by protesters at mm -hmm. all points of entry, including mm -hmm. the 400 series of highways, airports, mm -hmm. ports, bridges, and railway mm -hmm. railways, as well as ambulatory medical services 
public transit, municipal and provincial roadways, as well as pedestrian walkways. The order will include fines up to or of of a hundred thousand dollars. That's right, hundred thousand. That's a baseline. And you can lose your license, period. Or more for those who fail to comply. He also, like Kim said, said they're gonna they're threatening to revoke vehicle licenses of those blockading the mm-hmm. bridge. So it looks like the bridge was the so last they'll straw. take your livelihood from you. Is in other words, because if you drive trucks and then mm-hmm. they take your license from you, you can't then go and apply, and you have to provide a license to whatever other trucking company you want to work for. Um, this is this is serious mm-hmm. right here, as far as I'm concerned. And one thing that Doug Ford did say, and I'm not, you know, hey, me and Doug, <laughs> we have our issues, mm-hmm. best believe it. But he did say that he's, it's like the rest of the um, city has to now be taken hostage mm-hmm. to your protests. And it's mm-hmm. like, now this is not a peaceful protest because you're stopping the food chain. Mm-hmm. Like you're stopping the food supply. Like eventually you're going to need to get fed too. Eventually you're going to need to eat. Mm -hmm. And if you're stopping this for a period of time, do you realize what you're doing to the rest of the people? Like everybody has a choice. And I keep saying this Mm -hmm. probably in every episode, like everybody Mm -hmm. has a choice. And so you make yours and I can make mine, but I shouldn't have to suffer with the loud, loud honking at this big old dirty horn <laughs> day in and day out, you know, for over two plus weeks. So Doug Ford had to say enough is enough. So that's what's happening. Um, so I guess we'll see where it goes from there. Moving on. Okay, so that's our local news. This one's a big one, and I'm going to keep it as short as possible because I feel like every, every you know, everybody's talking about it because... You know, it's Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan mm-hmm. is the most popular podcast. Yeah, we can in, keep it short with that in, one. in the world. And I'm gonna, we kind of know the story. I'm more gonna keep it like, okay, the brief time. I'm just gonna keep it brief. Like, for basically, Joe Rogan came under fire from mainstream media, and not the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the first time. Basically, saying that he's being um kind of careless with the conversations that he's having on his show about COVID number one. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, that low rumbling kind of bubbled up to, um, a big artist, um, Joni Mitchell. And actually it wasn't Joni Mitchell who started it. It was Neil Young and then Joni Mitchell jumped on it. So Neil Young saying, well, if you're going to have this, we'll take me off. And then Spotify said, okay, you're off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he's there, like okay, if you want to go? Because it's a numbers game. This at the Joe, end of the day, right? This Joe dude brings in more money. Like that's that just if, if you're a money person, that makes complete sense. But anyway, so and anyway, that bubbled up. Well, right? they are. Spotify and then, is a money game. That's a money yeah. game. And yeah, then, um, then all of a sudden, so because the, there's two issues that are convoluted, so I want to separate mm-hmm. the two, and then we'll kind of mm-hmm. talk about it. So that's one thing, the COVID thing. Then that was rectified, you know, Joe Rogan came and said he's going to be more balanced and they were going to put disclaimers when they were going to talk about, just like they do on YouTube and Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's disclaimers about yeah. the discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, now India Ari jumps into the ring. And mm-hmm. so she, there was a video circulating of him saying the N-word with the E-R and not the A, the A-H or the A at the end. Basically, mm-hmm. there's that video. And to me, that wasn't, like, I've seen, I've seen the, the full clips and so for he was reiterating repeating what people say. So that's like it's still bad, but 
that's not what bothered me. What bothered me was a comment where he talked about the Planet of the Apes. That's a comment mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, yeah. no, you can't back your way out of this one. And then and, um, mm-hmm. so on. India Ari, basically her argument is I don't want to be on a platform that's paying no, I don't want to support him. Joe Rogan so much money and he's like, you know, saying mm-hmm. these things, right? And then she later came on, like we all know that, we saw that video. Then she later went on CNN and said, I don't think he's a racist, but obviously those things that he said were questionable and he needs to learn. Like, he apologized, but it's not up to me to take the apology. We want to see new behavior. So, fine. Mm-hmm. So, that pretty much wrapped it up. And a lot of people were criticizing her because, obviously, he, his fan base is massive. So, they're going to attack anybody that's attacking him. Mm-hmm. And the criticism of her is... It's like a money thing. It's like you mm. because remember there is there's also the thing with Spotify doesn't pay artists a lot of money. They pay like it's like not even a full penny. They pay a a portion of a penny. They get paid mm-hmm. a portion of a penny every time their song is mm-hmm. on there. So there is like those those politics with musicians versus mm-hmm. maybe podcasts or somebody like Joe Rogan. So I mm-hmm. think that to make the conversation more nuance so Mm -hmm. my question is do you think this is a hit on joe rogan one number two what is india re an infiltrator is she an agent was she was she that that's a conversation is she an agent basically saying an agent of chaos like somebody was you know funded her to to create this ruckus um no i don't think that this is a hit against Joe, I think that he's pushing his boundaries. Mm, okay. And and he's flexing his power. That's what I think his comments are okay. about. You okay. know, I, I think that when I heard what he said, I was just, I was disgusted because he was definitely by association of words and mm. moments um, connecting Black people with the jungle. Mm-hmm. He definitely was. And More so than once, yeah. Yeah. And I can't really sit well with that. That can't really wrap around my brain real real good. Mm-hmm. And in terms of Spotify, from my understanding, it's a good portion of black culture that is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I find it very disturbing that they're getting, you know, cents to a penny mm-hmm. <laughs> or a fraction of a penny mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, I stand behind what India Ari said. Like, I do stand behind what she said. Whether she's an age, I don't know, agent of chaos, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe there needs to be some shaking up. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, good point. Maybe they are trying to expose him. Yeah, even if she is, well, he needed to be exposed. I and guess. Mm-hmm. instead of it being behind closed doors mm-hmm. and him treating staff like that, maybe, or you know, other people that he comes in contact with mm-hmm. uh, or thinking that that's okay, that maybe it needed to be exposed. So even if she were an agent of chaos, I'd be like, yes, girl, take the assignment. He needs to, somebody needs to like wake up a light to what he's really like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And maybe think twice about being a fan of his, you know? Um, yeah. Now, what I do want to say is when we talked about Whoopi the other day, right Uh, yeah that's been coming up right this is a nuance that i have is that hold on you were ready to hang her by the raptors (laughs) 
You understand what I'm saying? And she went bent over backwards, pussy pop 10 times backwards, okay? <laughs> and still she was suspended. Mm, now you have this fool, um, and I do call his, like, he's trying to be comical, but his mm-hmm. comedy is, it's like dried up because he's trying to, like I said, flex his muscles with yeah. power. So back to the point. Ultimately, I think he needed to be exposed for who he really is, even to people like me who don't mm-hmm. really concern with Joe Rogan. Like, yeah. I don't really, you know, I know who he is. I know what he's got to say. This is, he, his mouth is reckless. <laughs> it in views. It gets him fans. It gets him money. Yeah. It brings attention to Spotify. I get the whole, you know, beast behind yes. this action yeah. that, he, that he displayed. And maybe it's nice that, you know, Black people can call out white people and say, no, nah, I'm not about it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do this mm-hmm, with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be on this platform anymore. See, the thing is that when people start pulling out, it's like, you know, you got to be careful. You know, it's like a woven sweater. You start pulling one thing and before you know it, <laughs> you don't have no start. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people will just follow you know, trend and, and coming off of Spotify and Spotify, you know, she might have to think about maybe suspending him like they did Whoopi. But anywho, that's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, that's another discussion. So I was just going to say, I was just going to say that, um, at the end of the day, sorry, India RE, the combination of India RE, Neil Young and Jordy Mitchell. uh, Okay, go. That's not going to affect spotify's bottom line like you said but i think the noise affected them because they had significant drop in their stock price and uh, and that's why like somebody like joe rogan isn't usually going to get on a camera and apologize he's you know just based on the persona that we know so the Mm -hmm. fact that he had to get in front of the camera two times already and think that those stock prices are hurting them those stock price drops are hurting yeah, them and that's and why we even some see. sort of apologies happening asap so that yes. we can stabilize the stock let's stabilize the stock right so <laughs> and and i would have to say that i guess like what you said at first i was kind of looking at her i'm definitely look i was looking at her sideways and you could probably tell from my tone i'm like what the hell is india doing here right now mm-hmm. but i think i guess in theory it's like she was communicating for the artist whether whether you are black or not i mean i guess mm-hmm. i mean it, it is more like you said majority of american music that's consumed is from black culture sorry but that's the truth and sorry and um so we can go as far back as elvis theoretically mm-hmm. theoretically <laughs> i get what she's saying uh theoretically but it's I like for her for her of all people to come out of the woodworks I don't, it was very strange. It's very, just very strange. And she's, yeah, I felt like India, like what happened to you, girl? Like I haven't heard, seen much of you. And this is when you pop out the woodworks. That's why I'm like, you know what? Hey, it's nice that as a black woman that we are getting some sort of feeling about respect here. Like I'm going to call for respect for myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a part of the shenanigans. Mm. Okay, well, we'll see where this goes. Um, It's just like you couldn't get away from mm-hmm. it. It was on every TV yeah. show, every podcast. So I'm like, we need to at least touch And it. I'm not a Joe Rogan fan at all. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I like, I he has, 
I appreciate when he has inter- certain people. Like, he doesn't do a lot of celebrities, but if it's a celebrity I like, then I'll watch. Or he has doctors on there. He has, he has really interesting people. But he himself, I he has he makes sly comments all the time. So mm-hmm. he those th- what he said was like not really a surprise. But the the jungle one did catch me off guard. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I I do think he has a place in in media, and uh, he plays an important role. I'm not a, a super fan, but I think uh, you know what. Hopefully, there's change behavior. That's all we can hope for. Okay, moving on. We're gonna go on to Miss Tandy Newton. Oh, girl, 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 girl. <laughs> what was you doing? I what don't, was you doing too much? You're doing you're way doing too, too much. much. Okay, You're so giving me too much. Way too much. Okay, so pepper. we're bringing <laughs> up Thandi Newton because uh, she <laughs> she went, was having an interview and she was like literally had this. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I watched like Do ten seconds, and I was like, "This is and cringe. <laughs> this is like secondhand oh, embarrassing." You only watched a little bit. Oh, I only watched okay. a little bit. I couldn't do too much, but I have. So basically, she did, she did too much. In a me. in a nutshell, here's some quotes from the interview, and then we'll go from there. And because she's, I think it. I don't know if it relates to the movie. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, she said, um, "I wanted so desperately to apologize." To every dark, to darker skinned actresses, to say I'm sorry that I am the one chosen. My mama looks like you, she said. Okay, one. Quote one. Now go to quote two. It's been very painful to have women who look like my mom feel like I'm not representing them, that I'm taking from them, taking their men, taking their work, taking their truth. But I do think any woman of color, whether they're pale or whatever, you've managed to help other actors get into this business we matter whenever they say black women have watched the movie and it and it really really mattered to them i just thank god that my light skin didn't stop that from happening that it didn't cause more pain oh what girl girl bye, <laughs> bye. like okay okay bye, so <laughs> i read the okay. quote so i've read the quote okay two things uh doing too much first of all are you all right fandy <laughs> i i don't know she's just doing too she's and second of all is it drugs like what would why was Something's she wrong what was <laughs> the emotional balance was definitely off kilter when she did that interview that's all i gotta say because i've heard similar sentiments but it didn't come off that way so here's here's the thing it's kind of like a double-handed compliment compliment but not a compliment so i'm all too familiar because normally okay when we have conversations like this if uh, if an actress who's lighter skinned and who's been privileged who has pretty privilege whatever privilege you want to call it Mm -hmm. has been able to be super successful because you know she's lighter and maybe more digestible to white audiences or mm-hmm. so or so they think in the mm-hmm. in the studios then they've come out and said you know I do know my privilege and I do hope my aim is to kind of bring other actresses with darker skin in with me and so we're telling the full spectrum of black people or black women so i've heard this sentiment that the sentiment of what she's saying is not new i've heard it's, you know, it's a conversation but where where it gets she where it gets mm-hmm. weird 
Yeah. Is when she says, you know, they, and it's, here's the point of view she's coming from. She's coming yeah. from, you know, when we talk about colorism. Yeah. And then, then the light skinned girls always pop up in the conversation. Yeah. Always have to like, pop up. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the dark skinned girls teased me. They did this to me. They did that to me. And it's like, that's not what it's like when we talk about reverse. It's like when you, they say, like, a black person is racist to a white person. It's like, mm-hmm. even if you felt that you have that feeling, that's just your feeling, it's actuality of the definition of those terms. It's not true because they are at a disadvantage compared to. You know, they're just unfortunately based on how society's structured right now. Hopefully, that will change. You are benefiting from a privilege, of course. And so, for you to pretend like that's not the case, that's that's uh, that's like erasing, you know, erasing pretty much a voice of dark skinned people. So here she said, she was here's the part where I took real taking their men, girl. You're married doing to too damn much. This is why I have to say about that is. <laughs> Is the, the reason why is because I saw also the clips of her video, her crying. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, you yourself had to have had a feeling of su- like mm-hmm. feeling superior mm-hmm. to dark skinned mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. where you noticed that the opportunities were not the same mm-hmm. yet. You took them right. Like, like, let's just call a spade a spade. You took the opportunity said way, yeah. even if you know that in a particular role, a dark-skinned woman was turned down, you mm-hmm. still took them. And so that was meant for you. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever that is, is that, that was meant for you. So for you now to think that you're in this level of superiority to me as a dark-skinned woman, you know, woman, you're showing your ass right now. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you're showing your ass because you do feel that, you do feel a little superior to us. You're now saying that you're taking something from someone really you think that that you're that entitled you didn't take it somebody gave somebody gave it to you right you you see where i'm going with this right Jeanette? Mm -hmm. so it it, this feeling when you say oh you you have the ability that you have some sort of extra authority other than being pretty and light-skinned to just come in and take the role away from me you you're 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 showing your ass right now so i'd rather you hush your mouth Mm. and when you went over to line now where you're talking about men nah you have some sort of complex yeah she has a complex she showed like you said she she showed showed your ass ass, like you showed it okay and Mm -hmm. it's it's disgusting to me because it's like mm, you know i wish that were really true i wish that were really true but what it really is is Showing that she has a complex with her own. She does. She does. Yeah, that's all it is. And she is deflecting that or reflecting Mm -hmm. that image onto us dark-skinned women Mm. who have to take on this plight of you feeling so sorry because you're a lighter skin. Yeah, move from around here. Oh, God. Lighter-skinned, beautiful black woman that gets all the roles and, oh, you're closer to the brown paper bag. Listen, heifer. (laughs) We we're coming we're coming up in the ranks we're coming up in the ranks and we're we're actually looking for roles that will really put us over the top. Mm-hmm. We want we if we have to thrive to be excellent, more excellent than you, more excellent than a white woman, more excellent than a man. You know what I mean? And so we will come up and we will get those roles that really do us justice and okay. really show our our talent you know what i mean so you can step off 
take whatever man you want. Because if he thinks anything like how you are saying, you can come and take that opportunity. If he's on that page with you, then he's not meant for me. Just like I said, the opportunities came to you because they were for you. They yeah. were not for me. That's a good point. You know, so yeah. Um, you're doing too much and go sit down. You're showing your ass like you look stupid. I'm so Do you and have Hawaii? something coming out? Like all this, where yeah. are all these people that you haven't seen in donkey years just uprising from the ashes? Okay. I know she. Here's what I have to say. Why I'm so mad. I'm so mad because she's, uh, actually, girl. she's actually one of my favorite actresses. She's so I, good. I, she's. Uh, I'm so actress. mad. I'm so mad that she came out with this nonsense. Nobody asked you for, for this, girl. Don't drink and do interviews ever again because you she really should. something, yes, the way she did. Lord, I'm so mad. Okay, anyway, Fanny, uh, hopefully this can turn around, but oh, girl. Please do, girl, because oh, Lord knows you need it. You need it. You need to um, turn around. So next is... <laughs> something fun moving away from tandy and her nonsense um mm. there, did you see the newest cover of essence yes yes with clifford aka yes. method man smith yes Woo. looking like a snack gorgeous. and a half gorgeous he's just so handsome i just mm. He's and the man sh- doesn't age he, he doesn't age she has not <laughs> age Woo. Woo. Boy, anyway, oh yeah, just you know, <laughs> if I wasn't, let me tell you, if I wasn't. Um, mm. I it's so funny that I just actually saw a meme on Twitter because everybody, you know, all the all the women were like going off on this essence cover with Method Man. If you yeah, if you guys who don't know, like Method Man, I don't know how you can't know, but he was a part of uh Wu Tang clan. And when I was in elementary school, that was oh, the one. Oh, I love Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Method Man, yes. Method Man and RZA were the ones I liked in terms of looks, yeah, and then too. when it came to raps, then actually, yeah, in terms of looks, mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm, of looks, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. all of them could wrap their asses off, so mm-hmm, I can't even mm-hmm. choose one right now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you guys check out that cover. But there's okay, yes, funny thing before see, we move in, gorgeous. Twitter had um this thing where you know these those memes where they said uh, Methods Man's wife, and they showed the image of uh. Sandy Newton saying, sorry, I'm the one chosen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his wife is a lucky woman. That's all I got to say. Yes, she is. Because when I was growing up with Method Man, like he was my favorite in terms of looks. Mm -hmm. But he and he could rap just the same. So he was like out of all the Wu-Tang, he was my favorite favorite. Mm -hmm. But my next in line was Spectadecta. And Mm. he he could rhyme his lyrics were crazy, but Method Man, you don't age. You are a handsome black man. This is testimony to black don't crack. Yes, thank you. He is gorgeous, and now he's getting his grown man on. Getting you his know, grown he's, man he's on. Trying, you know, he still has his clothes baggy, but he looks sharp while he's doing it. You know, just so. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, mm. and then moving on. So another classic uh, hip hop artist, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. acquired mm. Death Row Records uh, this week. Um, I couldn't find how much. I looked at a couple of articles. I couldn't find out how much he actually paid for it. I mean, I don't think it would be 
too much. I don't know because I don't know if they still have the rights to the music or whatever. I don't want it. But he has acquired it. Um, and following that, not not I could say not one full day after I saw that news on the headlines, <laughs> there was a accusation from a woman yeah. um, who was filing a civil lawsuit. And that, mind you, a hmm. civil lawsuit Law that, suit. that mm-hmm. accuses um, him of sexual assault and battery. And the incident would have happened after a concert in 2013. Um, and obviously his uh, lawyers have come out saying it's a, a meritless shakedown. Um, and you never know what cases like this. I mean, it's a civil lawsuit. It's coming out at very convenient timing. I don't know. I convenient want... timing it's like literally he's the the ink is not even dry on the contract yet, right bro right and you're already you're already and, and let me just say now first to those people who have actually survived a sexual assault yes my heart goes out to you and i hope that god is with you okay mm. however if you're gonna pull this type of nonsense you you look real suspect by starting a lawsuit versus starting pressing charges. You know, it looks real suspect, especially in the court of law when you're dealing with someone public figure like Snoop Dogg. Mm. Whether we want to believe it or not, him and Martha Stewart are Bim and Bati. You understand? So he's moving yes. in different circles than you could you mm-hmm. could possibly expect. Yeah. All right. So with that being said. It's just really suspect to me. It it just the yeah. next day, like can the ink dry, Brenchian? Mm. Can the can the can the money <laughs> be verified before <laughs> before <laughs> before you're you know what I mean? Like on it. Wow. It's hey. And hey. to those of you who don't know the significance of him buying death row. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like people who listen to this podcast are in our age group, so they would know. But obviously, mm-hmm. Death Row was a big West Coast label ran by mm-hmm. Suge Knight, and he had Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. um, where Ice he Cube, put out his first album, Ice Cube, Tupac. Like there was mass Death Row in the early to mid early nineties, even mid nineties. Mm-hmm. They were they were like killing it. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully. Uh, it, I will be looking out to see what he does with the label. Okay, and uh, before one more thing, two things actually for headlines. We didn't talk about this, but two things. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see that video of the baby and Danny Lee? I'm tired of talking about the baby, oh, but mm-hmm. the baby and his crew beating up Danny Lee's brother. Yeah, I saw it briefly, and I was like, really? Yeah, this is I don't think it's worth now? talking about, but just we've talked about them. But it's like this is where this is where we're at, like. People, it, it, it's disgusting at this point. It's kind of, but anyway, you know why? Because mm-hmm. what? Just quickly, yeah. what disgusts me about it the most is that I've seen since this little baby's been born, yeah, right? Like this back and forth with this child on social media, right? And now you have him beating up a part of her family, mm-hmm. beating up her uncle, the little baby that is yours and Danny. Like, like it just, you know, eh. It's like, can we not put down the damn Instagram? Can we not put down yes, like we're the tired Facebook? Of it. Like, can we can can we just deal with the issues that need to be dealt with for the betterment of your child? Mm. It's not even it, it's 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 horrible that you're fighting with her family, your mm. child's family. One, but two, okay, you're putting it upon blast. Mm. It's like 
I'm so done. Yeah, and then uh, finally, we're not doing music news, but this could kind of fit into that category. (laughs) This week, there's three artists whose whose penises were ended up on Twitter. Somehow ended up on Twitter. (laughs) So I saw Nelly's Lil Fizz or Lil Fizz Pop. And then I didn't see Isaiah Rashad, but everybody's talking about it. The Isaiah Rashad one is kind of sad because I think he was like outed because it's it's some man on man action, and nobody wow. knew, nobody knew that about him. So wow. that one's a, this a little is what bit we're more doing now. dangerous. Because you know, sorry, you know, hopefully he's doing okay or he has a good circle around him because you know nobody should be outed that way. But no, you know, to keep it light, Nelly and Little Fizz, the Twitter talk conversations were hilarious. My gosh, these men are t- they're hard up for cash, bro. <laughs> like they're hard up for money or something. Like they're just selling their penis pics to the highest bidder. Like I can't. <laughs> it's horrible. Mm. Like why are these men doing that? Why is it happening, Jeanette? Well, Did Lil Fizz was well, Lil Fizz was on purpose. Mm. Lil Fizz was on purpose because he's an all, all OnlyFans. So I don't know how you can be on OnlyFans and not yeah. expect for that to be exposed. So, but what, didn't Soldier Boy do one the other day too? I'm not sure. I didn't know. I think I, these he are dropped the ones one I, the other day too. These were the ones ago. that I came across. Yeah, um, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's some fun. You know, if you guys are curious, sure. go on tw- they're circulating on Twitter. If you're curious, yeah, I'm, I'm good. um okay so that's our headline so we're gonna move into Mm -hmm. wagwan for real wagwan for real in this segment we look at stories that just don't add up they don't Mm -hmm. make much sense we hear them or we see them and we have to ask wagwan for real for real and this week we're gonna talk about Miss Wendy Williams. Oh yes. Lord. Oh Lord. Lord, Wendy, what is what is going on over there in the what Wendy Williams What is transpiring? Camp? Please. Okay, so the newest update, we've talked about Wendy a couple of times here, mm-hmm. but here's the newest update. First of all, we still don't know what's wrong with Wendy. We mm-hmm. don't know if it's a relapse, drug relapse. We don't know if it's dementia. We don't know mm-hmm. if it's her Graves disease. Mm-hmm. We don't know, so we're. I'm going into this Something's popping, not mm-hmm. really knowing what has afflicted Wendy Williams and why she has not been able to return to her show. Now, okay, so the newest update is she must have went to. I don't know if she wanted to withdraw some money or get access to some money, and the bank claimed that she is she's an incapacitated person who mm-hmm. needs a guardianship. Um so well so the bank sent a letter to the New York Supreme Court judge, so that's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal, request, mm-hmm. requesting a hearing to determine whether Williams who has not hosted her show since July 2001. Yeah, so they res- requested a a hearing to determine whether she is of sound mind, I guess, to be dealing with her financial affairs. And so this came after um, an incident where uh, her attorney filed in an emergency petition because she wanted, so basically she wanted to file the, the get some access to her money and then the bank was mm-hmm. ref- refusing. So uh, the lawyers are, are now, were up concerned. So now it's kind of escalated and that's why it, it's been escalated to the New York Supreme Court. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so, um, 
she hasn't been able to get any uh, money access to her money for two weeks, basically. Can you so, imagine? They How are dare that, you? Can you imagine? So she's denied How her accounts, her accounts, her assets, and statements. And, How damn dare you? And this has happened. And what triggered this? What triggered the bank to kind of freeze her assets? Essentially, is her former financial advisor Lori Schiller. Um, basically said to the bank, put it out there that she was, Wendy Williams was of un, of unsound mind. So that's kind of what, what triggered the bank to freeze her assets. So somebody in her camp did that. So obviously this woman has since been fired because <laughs> they call her a former, right. a former financial advisor. So obviously she doesn't work for Wendy Williams anymore. And mm-hmm. her lawyer, so her lawyer said in the court documents why this is escalated is that Williams had fired Lori Schiller as her advisor due to alleged malfeasance um, involving <coughs> her accounts as well as improper con- conduct in relation to their professional relationship. However, the lawyer acknowledged that Williams continues to rely on Schiller's advice. So, I mean, we could kind of read between the lines there and and... There's Can we t- say disgruntled employee? Disgruntled <laughs> employee, straight goods. There's and maybe uh, and and maybe Lori was pulling some stunts, okay? Yeah. Because she's thinking yeah. Wendy, Wendy doesn't know what's going on, and Wendy knows yeah. bloody well what's going on. That's she knows damn well what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and if any time, this is when Wendy would be the most um, observant of mm-hmm. her funds mm-hmm. because she's not working. Not mm-hmm. to say that she had she's gonna be broke on the street, mm-hmm. but you need to, you know, she's paying alimony, she's paying where she lives, she's mm-hmm. just, and also all of this in terms of medical care that she's getting, mm-hmm. reading like and and furthermore, it's her money, it's hers. Mm-hmm. She can look at it all day long if she wanna put it on the wall, okay, see it on the TV. How much she has going in and out of her accounts. It's her business. Mm -hmm. It's nobody else's business. She worked hard for that money. How dare you? How dare you? How damn dare you? You get fired and you want to come with this nonsense right here? Disgruntled employee, yes. Seems like, you Mm -hmm. know, with all the news and and when we're not, nobody really knowing what's going on. People in her camp must have an idea, but I think even people in her camp don't really know. I feel like they're keeping a tight ship, which is good. But the leeches and the serpents are definitely surrounding her now. Yeah, the they definitely are because she is obviously having some sort of ailment. That's mm. definitely, you can yeah. see that. Yeah. But for the most part, I feel like, you see when you were asking me earlier about Joe Rogan? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, they're coming for her. Okay, somebody is gunning for Wendy because mm. Mm. I don't understand how, like, it seems like in the last little while, there's so much falling apart in her mm. world. Like the show, we don't know what's popping. That might be going over to uh, uh what's her name now, Sherry, Sherry Shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah. Okay, she might have that. If you don't get your shit together by uh September, so I'm hearing they're gonna change the name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and move on with her. So there's health issues that are going on. I'm hearing talks that she you know, relapse. I don't know what's popping, but something's not right. And with all this going on, though, Kim. Where is her son? Tell me. Do you hear why I said someone's gunning? Now, I don't, I'm not, hello. I just want to make sure everybody, I am no, by no means am I alleging that her son would do anything to harm her. Mm. 
But there's something personal to this. It doesn't sit well with me mm. how her whole world is topsy-turvy in less than a month. First, we get announcements of her show pretty much in limbo and is going to possibly be taken over by someone else. Then now we're hearing that her, her accounts are frozen. And I think in one of the, uh, I think one of the depositions that they had had the counsel uh, for this bank they said that they felt as though she was being um, extorted. They used that word extorted. And so under certain policies, they feel like it would be in her best interest to do what they're doing. And so her counsel came back and said, no, actually you're doing the opposite here Mm -hmm. because she has financial um, responsibilities, such as the alimony, such as her mortgage, you know, taking care of her son and helping him while he's in school. Good question, Jeanette. I don't know where her son is. I don't know how deep he's into this. I don't know if she keeps him at bay. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe but he's it just not even seems equipped. so strange. I don't, or maybe he's not even, because you're right. He is, he's only college age, so he's in his early 20s. So maybe he's not even equipped to know how to deal with this situation, which even that too is not not really good. But at least there's somebody on her side, you know. I would. Yeah, hope. but can't I see him pushing her in the sh- in the in the thing? How come we never see him oh, he's pushing her around? Yeah, I understand, but the, it's your mom, bro. Yeah, but I remember this is a a kid who's spoiled left, right, well, and center. Well, that's why I feel like maybe she is the one that's keeping him at bay yeah. and just, you know, like letting him live his yeah. life. And yeah, I, not, do, I, I yeah. do think that. So, I mean, it's a question, like, when, when things like this happen, when, you know, an older person, and she's not that old, but, like, just say, like, a parent mm-hmm. is now showing health decline, you want to believe that there's somebody who has their best interest is around them. That's all. I, that's what I mean when I ask about her mm-hmm. son. It's like at, at the very least, I would think if anybody, if she has a lot of people who work for her around her. Great, wonderful. But those people, you don't know. They're not family. They're not blood. They're not really friends. No, not you know. They're friend. They may be your friend now, but at the end of the day, you employ them. So it's just uh, I don't know. It's a very I don't know. It just seems really funny, and it makes me ask the question: like, really and truly, walk on for real? Because this <laughs> woman's life is just topsy turvy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like big time. I am. Like uh... if you just think, maybe what a year ago, mm. she was still very much vibrant on the show. She yep. was doing. Now all of a sudden we can't see her again. Step mm. on the show, and I don't know. Maybe she's done. It's looking. Maybe it's, she's done, but and maybe good. she was trying to get her financial situation in order. Mm. And and the advisor who was skimming off the top allegedly—that's mm. <laughs> my allegedly—was <laughs> uh, skimming off the top. Got caught with her hand in the cookie jar, and Miss Wendy said, "Oh yeah, huh." Right, you're done. Thank you. Mm. Here's your red. Here, here's your termination. Um, and she didn't like that. She mm. didn't like that because she was advising her for over fifteen years. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping. Uh, well, this is the newest development, but uh, you know, I'm hoping for a breakthrough for Wendy. I really, she needs a win because a lot of mercy. She does. She does. But I feel like the people are gunning for her. Like I don't know, they're coming for her, man. I don't know. And you know what? Sorry to say this, but excuse my French, everyone, but karma's a bitch, you know? 
you got to be careful what you put out in the world. You got to be careful what you put out in the world because it could come back. But anyways, we are going to move on into the call outs. It is the call Okay, so this is where me and Jeanette, we put each other in the hot seat, everyone, and we ask each other questions. And so this week, I want you to pick a number from one to four. Three. Okay, so with it being Black History Month, you know, my question is, how do you feel when a white woman tries to touch your hair? <laughs> I, it's, I'm going to broaden it up. It's not just, uh, it's anybody, but... okay. I, yeah, um, I get what you're asking me. I don't have any examples of them trying to really touch my hair, to be honest. The only person who tried to and did it was a, young, a, a black girl who was close to a little bit younger than me. But um, mm -hmm. actually, she was a teenager and I might have been in my early. Mm -hmm. And she I was like, we, I was like, I had to back up. I was like, wait, like, you don't know. Like, you should know better. Like, young mm -hmm. you should know better and everybody mm -hmm. around us was laughing so we're just there and she's like oh and i because you know i used to really when i mm -hmm. relaxed my hair my hair was fairly long i guess mm -hmm. for somebody of a uh, darker complexion people it was always, very long so people somewhat. would always a lot of people would be uh, or, that's why you know it's a black girl because a white person might will just take it for what it is right yeah but she yeah. was like is that real and she had the gall to reach mm -hmm. and touch mm -hmm. my scalp i was mm -hmm. like what is happening here but mm -hmm. in terms of your example i don't i'm not comfortable with it i don't mm -hmm. have anybody who's actually ever done it i am thankful that i've had a lot of people around me that know have boundaries or can feel my boundaries and um but they do ask they do ask with you know as a black woman we have different styles so i might mm -hmm. have had crochet curls if i switched mm -hmm. it up to braids mm -hmm. and they're like is that real that's that's as far as it goes you know those mm -hmm. conversations those conversations that can mm -hmm. be a little bit uh micro you know they don't i'm not going to call it a microaggression but mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like a microaggression but i can i'll give it to them maybe i can be like you know what maybe you just don't know you, you grew mm -hmm. up in a small town maybe but um yeah that's mm -hmm. my experience with that it's only if they ask about the different hairstyles but no one's ever mm -hmm. tried to touch but obviously no i wouldn't want anybody like mm -hmm. i don't even want my man to touch my hair like don't touch my hair. <laughs> don't touch my you hair. know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying well <clears throat> to answer my own question i have had that happen before mm -hmm. actually it happened to me twice okay so the first time that it happened to me um now like you said in my younger years i had longer hair mm -hmm. you know a she lot did. longer she's got so, that good hair <laughs> oh stop it stop it stop it you know anyways. indian hair no, i'm kidding okay yeah, keep going <laughs> yeah i'm dogla yes so i had longer hair anyways so I got my hair freshly, I think I was like maybe 18 and there was this little salon that I could afford because yes, I had a job. Okay. I wasn't, you know, I did my hair regularly. So I come right out of the, the hair salon and <laughs> I'm getting onto the bus, but you're waiting at the bus stop. And this woman was just really infatuated with the length of my hair and 
you know, it was really, it just came from the, I just came from the salon, Bridget. Like, so it was fresh looking, and shining. <laughs> just glistening, mm -hmm. you know? And she literally reached out to like, okay, she didn't go into my scalp or into mm. the back of my hair, oh. mm -hmm. but she reached out to the side of my hair. Mm -hmm. right because it was but I went in the wind and she reached out and was trying to touch and I was like excuse me who are you like I don't know you from a can of paint you're on yeah. the street like who are you that like, makes it 10 doing? times worse that it was a random on right the it was a random I was just waiting at the bus stop bro like calm down what are you doing I don't know if she thought that she could because she was older than me mm, that could be and it. she was white but anyways now, another situation was I was in the midst of like going through a transition into natural hair. Mm -hmm. I'm an adult now and I had braids and I went to the corporate world with my braids. And yes, this white woman that I worked with tried to reach out and grab one of my braids. Mm. I'm like, what are you doing? I instantly, I don't know what the problem is, why you feel you can do that, but I go into ninja mode because we're not <laughs> about to do that. We're not like, going to do that. So how did that conversation that? go? So what happened? So when she tried to, I was like, don't do that. Mm. And she's like, oh, I, I just wanted to see like how it feels. And I was like, it feels like hair. That's what it feels like. Mm. Now for me, I'm someone who one of my biggest pet peeves is other people's hair touching me. Mm. I don't like other people's hair touching me, especially if it's long and it looks kind of dirty. And now this, these two examples were of white women. Mm. And now that I have more grace than I did then, mm -hmm. um, I can see that their curiosity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was just what bothered me about the experiences was the arrogance to feel mm. that I, I don't deserve any sort of respect here. Like you can do whatever you want. You can reach out and touch people's hair nowadays. Like what the hell is going on in the world? Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you would think that would be okay with anybody, mm. whether I'm black, what Indian, you know, uh, Mexican, where we have different course of hair mm -hmm. or Puerto Rican or whatever. Like what makes you believe that you can take that right from me? Mm. How dare you? It's better that you ask. So anyways, that's my question. So moving on to yours. What is Jana's question? Okay, so my question, keeping with the Black History theme here, February is a short month. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, what's your favorite era in Black culture? And so what I mean hmm. is, yes, yes. And so I'll start to give you a moment to gather your mm -hmm, thoughts. Please. Um, so besides right now, because I do think there's a movement going on right now, there's an energy that's never been mm -hmm. here before. Unfortunately, it was fueled with, uh, that tragic video of George Floyd, uh, mm -hmm. getting his life snuffed out from him. Literally. Literally mm -hmm. in front of us. But there, there's a, there's an interesting time. It's very, you know, it's different than any other time of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. besides this one that we're living in, I'm going to say right now. I'm going to say the 90s. And I'm going to say the 90s because perhaps I'm biased because that's my childhood. 
you know, I grew, I was mm-hmm. born in the eighties, but I was a, a, a cognizant of my childhood in the nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was with the, the era of Biggie, Tupac, black power. Mm-hmm. Like we had a lot, mm-hmm. there was like those new age hip hop mm-hmm. groups coming out like tribe called quest and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think another big reason is we saw the transition of hip hop being a subculture mm-hmm. to moving into pop culture and being yep. mainstream. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so living through that from a childhood to teenager, that's such an interesting time. Like like our hairstyles are closed. Like, you know, I'll let people know like where we grew up. We grew up in the suburbs of mm-hmm. uh, Toronto and Scarborough. And mm-hmm. it's a community, it's a very diverse community. And like it wasn't a majority of black people i won't say that but it was a majority of people of color so we grew up and went to school with black people you know Mm -hmm. people who afro-caribbean background Mm -hmm. filipino like Mm -hmm. you know let me just say asian to encompass them all Mm -hmm. sorry you know that encompasses everybody as well as uh you know sri lanka i would say sri lankans and indians and basically we grew up where the white people in our community or in our schools um, we're the minority, but when you watch TV and when we consume music, we have, a, we had a music channel called much music. It was all, it was not our culture. We did have representation. Mm-hmm. We had rap city. We had, mm-hmm. you know, we had, some, yep. we definitely had content, but it was like, yep. you know, on the week and that's just like an hour or two out of the week compared to, you know, all the other time was dedicated to other, you know, mainstream pop culture, alternative rock and stuff like that, which I do mm-hmm. love. I have an appreciation for mm-hmm. it. But I would say that representation really, really started to come up in the late 90s. So it was just good mm-hmm. to see that transition and seeing our culture represented. And so what I'm saying is that everybody, even if you weren't black, white, Sri mm-hmm. Lankan, whatever, you were looking at that black culture and reflecting that, how you speak, how you dress, the music mm-hmm. you listen to. Mm-hmm. So the influence, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. The influence mm-hmm. of black culture was an amazing thing to see in the 90s uh, growing mm-hmm. up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to side with you on that, but for just a little bit different uh, time frame, mm-hmm. and that would be like, say, nineteen mid-1990s mm-hmm. to mid-2000s. Okay. So in that time frame for me is where, you know, I finished high school and went on to university. So mm-hmm. that whole 10 year gap, that 10 year decade for me, it was very influential, like you said, with mm-hmm. music, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And music was like everywhere. There's just so much of it to mm-hmm. consume. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the West Indian culture, like reggae, for instance, mm-hmm. that evolution, you know, where it was like, I felt reggae kind of changed. Like yeah. it was on the verge of more dance hallish, mm-hmm. like the beginning in my world of dance hall. Now, mm-hmm. yes, reggae for me before that was very, you know, the later, the, or earlier reggae mm-hmm. you know where sorry didn't think mm-hmm. yeah uh you know that t- so that type of that type of, because it was influenced from my parents like my yeah. parents and and the music that time frame so it took a big leap forward where we had Bujubantan and we had you know Sizzla we had you know everybody was just 
it was just so much to consume music and mm -hmm. I love music. I feel like it's a part of my soul. And so just seeing that change and that shift, even in like Calypso music, like that whole time frame yeah. for me, even with Caravana, like that's no more, but it was a huge parade that we used to have over here. Everybody came from near and wide for this parade. You think Caravana is coming back this year? Nah, man, that's gone. It's done. <laughs> It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Oh boy. You know, but I stopped going to Carabana many years yeah, ago. Yeah. But uh that was a good time frame for me, you know, mm -hmm. and the music and and the vibe was just different. You know, um yeah, so I I'll say that. I'll say okay. that time frame, but I'm going to make it specific like 1995 to like 2005. Okay. I forgot to mention there's also a lot of black movies come in the 90s. Oh, yes. Like what what is what was Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball. That's my Love Jones. Love Jones. Um Poetic Justice. All oh, those, yes. like all Tupac. those movies like whew. he was so sexy in that movie yeah Tupac um and so, yeah. Janet they had their 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 mm. relationship I still think they had a, ba a behind the scenes oh uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah definitely because they were too they were too in sync as a couple for me in that <laughs> the movie but yeah though the oh Friday you know yeah, all, all of them times, that's, that's a good man. time for black culture big time big time and there was so many black sitcoms like yeah. that oh, were out living single what? martin Maybe. oh those shows Dinkin. i think it all came and then uh fresh prince family matters yeah, yeah the yeah. 90s was when all the black sitcoms yeah. were arsenio hall Ooh, what, what are we doing what are we doing we can't leave arsenio out of okay so that just you know okay because for me he was more than just a talk show host like i felt like he was like almost a journalist, mm -hmm. but you, this is where you got to see his journalism kind of comedy. Interview. Yeah. He was a good and mixed it. No, no. But the reason why I say journalism is because he really tried to dig deeper into the artist. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask like these really general questions and like, just tried to be a skit and be funny about it. You know what I mean? Mm, like he yeah. kind of went a little deeper and you got to know a little bit more in depth about these stars, Eddie Murphy on the, everybody. Our studio had everybody, everybody on the show in Living Color. Like I can't. Oh, that that show. was the one. That uh, was oh my god, that show, that show. You know me. I want them to come back. I want them to come show? and do like a one a one time event, like an hour special, and just come back and do some of their top skits. I would love. I would that. love it. And this is where and Jim I hate, Carrey. Yeah. That's where he. That's where Jim Carrey got me. Yeah. Not the rest of the stuff. Everybody else, you need to go and watch Jim Carrey on The Living Color. You need to go mm -hmm. see. He was the funniest white boy I could ever <laughs> they could ever put on that show. Okay, he was, and to this day, he's still very, very funny. And you know what but, I liked about him is that even though you know he was a white guy, it's like he didn't pretend to be anything but anything other than that. He was himself. He's a Canadian okay. white guy. Joe he just Marshall was very funny. Joe Marshall, the the the, the Marshall. Oh, I know the, the Marsh the fire Marshall the fire Marshall when his hair was all bun up. I can't remember the name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that character but, yeah, was hilarious. Yeah, I like that about him. And you know how many stars came off that show? Like stars. all of them. And even the ones who didn't pop off, they were so funny. It's maybe life got in the way, but even like, okay, here's an example. The sister, um, Kim Waynes. She yep. 
is so funny on that show and she never really i know she did a couple of movies but since she didn't really do that much like the brothers really continued on but kim 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 wins kind of stayed Mm low-key but she was like honestly like one of the funniest people on that show yes she was and even people like when you think about how many people were successful J-Lo was deaf on that show, Regin. Okay, mm-hmm. she was deaf on that show, dancing herself away, dancing here. Yeah, now look at where she is. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that, you know, that in Living Color, yo, I used to love that. Let me tell you, that show was the bomb. <laughs> the bomb.com. It was so, anyway, I could go on for days. Yeah, we could go on for a long time. <laughs> but my question to you when that is, sub-question, what mm. the hell happened? The hell happened? We, right? That's the question. <laughs> what the hell happened? We need to go go to Hollywood and ask what the hell happened. I don't happened. understand it, Jeanette. We're talked. We're listed off show after show. There's so many more. What what happened? Yeah, something what after happened? the '90s there was a decline. I've heard. I was watching the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God said that too. He was like, in the '90s there was so much good black sitcoms, like television content, and like it just went away. It went away. It's literally just vanished. I don't know. Vanished. Like, you don't even see, like, reruns or nothing. Like, just vanished. <laughs> I don't even understand it. But, <laughs> anywho, that was a very good question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to now uh, move on into the workouts. The workouts. Yes, this is where we work out our hearts and exercise our mental fitness and do deep dive discussion on issues that are impacting our culture. And because, again, listeners, that it is Black History Month, we would like to look deeper into Black History Month from a different standpoint. And this week, we want to talk about someone that we think contributed to the black community and to the black culture and we want to see how we are now experiencing this person and this person is uh madam cj walker mm-hmm. now as a black woman thank you that there was a madam yes. cj walker thank you lord jesus that you put her on this planet i know we know we all know a little bit about her i think where we started uh, for me Mm -hmm. i'm going to speak for myself in this respect last week we were talking about black history and what it was like as we changed and evolved as human beings and as black women and how it was taught to us and how you know at what perspective we were And so now I want to look at this woman at a different perspective because I've heard of her. Mm -hmm. We've all heard of her. We all have, you know, somewhat of a basic level of understanding of of what she did, right? But we need to take it into perspective here that for this Black woman to make this type of move in the time that she was in, she's extraordinary. And and I want to look at her because she's extraordinary. Now... She was born December 23rd in 1867 in Louisiana. Now, this is deep south. Mm-hmm. This is deep south. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slavery is running rampant. It's still running. And she was actually born to two slaves. By the age of seven, she was an orphan. So for her to now move on and grow up and learn You know, by the age of 14, she was married. She was widowed by 20. She had a daughter. 
And so we see a struggle. We see a struggle. Mm-hmm. But steady, she moved on into her life and she would take different jobs, you know? And when she decided that she was um, going to move out to New York, she had family out there. Mm-hmm. And they were in, you know, the I, I guess you would say the hair business. They were barbers and so on. And so she went there and she worked hard as a hair washer. So she got a chance to maybe see a bit of what the industry could offer. Mm-hmm. And she moved on. And after a while, she got a, a job as being working alongside um, a chemist. There, she then developed different products that we could put into our hair. She developed different tools that we could use. And what I wanted to say about her excellence was that she saw that as Black women, we had to assimilate. Whether we wanted to or not, whether whether we wanted to put these chemicals in our hair, in order for us to work and to make money for our families and to feed our families and to have homes, Unfortunately, we had to assimilate. And she was able to find ways for Black women to appreciate their hair, not just their hair, their skin. So anyways, that's just a bit about like the backstory of Mm -hmm. her. Unfortunately, she did die in 1919. Mm -hmm. But before she did, she didn't just leave this world without doing much. She is the first Black millionaire, Mm self-made from the ground, from the bottom up. And that's why I wanted to talk a bit bit about her past. This is from the the dirt. Mm -hmm. She became a millionaire with, you know, her her different products and her different tools that she did make. She left this world doing a lot with herself. You know, she has made several uh, real estate investments. Mm -hmm. She had beauty schools. She contributed back to the community by you know, um, donating her money, um, also her time. And this is a Black woman that, like I said, from the dirt, she didn't leave this world without making a, a stamp yeah. that will always, will always be here. And if you ever wanted to see a landmark that is just about her, you know, they do have... Um, a theater. It's the Madam Walker Theater Center in Indianapolis. So they do have somewhere where you could go and see where she started out, where she started her business and she started to grow. And she had many people underneath her and she had many different businesses and she actually owned a property, not just, and, and, and I want to say that with an emphasis because again, this woman <laughs> is living just after slavery. Yeah. Okay? She's making her way. But even though it's after slavery, the mindset hasn't left. No. The mindset is still there. There's still so some she, people in the bondage today. So Still, still, still to today. But she pushed through and mm-hmm. persevered. And, you know, she made sure that she obviously left something for her family and not just her family. She went a step further and her community. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yes, it's very important, that part, because she left a legacy. You know, Mm -hmm. she left a legacy for... And when I... Sorry, jumping. But when I did mention that as Black women, the time again, 
we had to learn how to assimilate. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to get into the door of places and to be able to work in stores and make a wage, that's just how it was. It's unfortunate. But this woman was able to take what she knew by working with her family in barbershops and working with, you know, a chemist. And she was very intelligent Mm -hmm. and she was very motivated. And as Black people, it is an example of excellence. Yep. And we should take note of it because her life should not be in vain. And it shouldn't just be something that we happen to say at Black History Month to teach our children. We should teach her her real, the real depth of this woman to survive that. And, um, you know, she did get married uh, to a Charles Walker and that's where we see her name um, coming in. But before that, the, the husband that she was previously married to, like, her brother-in-laws were very nasty and mean to her. Okay, so she she came from a rough into a millionaire that left a legacy that I really do want to talk about. And so I'm opening up the floor with my newfound knowledge of this woman, CJ Walker. Yeah, <clears throat> so a couple of things. So I don't know if you said it, but the claim like she was the first black woman woman millionaire and that's how i know her um but i think it's good to say why the product that really she did beauty products that's what yes. i tell you but the main product that made her a millionaire was relaxer for those who don't yes know. hair relaxer and rela- hair correct. relaxer aka the creamy crack is what black women use to straighten out their hair um so back in the day we, we, we ain't doing that no more but no um, we keeping it natural we have, choices. Here. we have choices but that was her claim to fame so just want to point mm-hmm. that out and and second, also the flat iron and the, sorry, okay. not the flat iron the um hot with the hot, hot comb, comb? Oh, okay the hot comb. Yeah. okay mm-hmm. so but essentially straightening like kim said to be more air quotes presentable or assimilate our hair to, mm-hmm. to make it straight she made made those products right mm-hmm. and um so mm-hmm. the thing that i love about her and you, you kind of cl- called it out there at the end there is outside of her being financially successful against mm-hmm. all the odds and the time mm-hmm. frame being a woman and a black woman at that that is oh a miracle in itself but thank mm-hmm. god what i really love about her story is she didn't just make money and, and leave it to her family and mm-hmm. just be rich. She's a, she was she was altruistic. She wasn't just a capitalist. She she contributed to her to her community. She was friends yes. with Booker T. Washington. Yes, she was W E B Du Bois, and mm-hmm. she participated in NAACP and mm-hmm. and and all these other movements to help black people and this is before the civil rights movement so it was hard Thank you it was very like so she died in an early in 1919 or something around that so this is early 1900s it's called yep. mm-hmm. when we don't have, really have a voice but the, she's still contributing and and to these uh, these uh civil organizations mm-hmm. not only financially but she would go to have talks so mm-hmm. you know she's a successful businesswoman so that she was sharing that knowledge and last week we were talking about black future month so i do think that tying black history and black future it's about um legacy and sharing the knowledge mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. because because there's plenty we can't yeah, there's plenty of examples of like we talk about all the time black excellence but i yes. think what really show what really makes somebody excellent 
is you you sharing that knowledge, sharing that wealth, and moving the people forward, moving yourself forward. That's easy. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, but definitely. when you when you have the like, not everybody has this trait. But if you have, she the, has the foresight. Jeanette. The foresight. She has the foresight to not just say, "Okay, well, I'm gonna make it big and leave you." No, no. She said, "Okay, how do I teach a man to fish?" Yes. Yes, that's all. That's what. I'm, that's all. Black Future Month is to me, um, and yeah, anybody who, even me, I always try to get into mentorship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think another, and the finally, the third biggest biggest thing about her story is she was a woman. Thank you. She was a woman, and something I want to share with our listeners: no matter what your background is, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your ethnicity. We're happy you're listening, but I know if you know in Black culture, women have. Like, it's not like other cultures where women don't have a voice. And in our culture, women have, play a pivotal role in the in the household's finances in terms of bringing it to the household. Maybe not, I don't know, about decision-making, but we could see, and that does stem from slavery because they were, you know, they, they consciously, purposely separated men from the women. So that's yeah. where that comes from. But so for her that was probably naturally in her to even though she doesn't have parents even though she was in a bad situation with her brother-in-law she still had the wherewithal to look after herself and build some type of strategy to to finally come upon the idea that built up to her 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 wealth so just Mm -hmm. showing the power and the Mm -hmm. resourcefulness of black women and all of us black women who are maybe not in the place that we want to be we have Mm -hmm. all the tools all the tools to uh mm-hmm. to get there i mean mm-hmm. and, you know what i mean so that's all mm-hmm. i wanted to call out to miss uh, mm-hmm. about miss cj walker well miss cj walker she is uh excellence definitely and, and a good example to try to follow and i did want to uh, piggyback on a notion that you were saying before was that this is you know to all races i want you to take black history month as an opportunity to learn more about us. So that, you know, in certain situations, you can understand where we might be coming from and there isn't such a large disconnect. I want people to take the opportunity to listen to us two Black women tell you about our experiences and learning about our history as Black women. And for me to see that this woman at this time was able to make leaps and bounds, you know, leaps and bounds to accomplish something bigger than her. You know, she accomplished something that was a lot bigger than her. And I hope that, you know, with us talking about being Black and our experience, even if it's within a month, you know, February, or it's any other time, I hope that we're heard and I hope that you can understand the next time something comes up or you see something or you don't understand why we do what we do. Maybe you can think back to conversations that you have had about our lives and what we've had to struggle through. Um, She is an excellent example of a very, very strong black woman because for her to, to go where she went and to not leave people behind and to actually care about those people and to try to bring them forward the best way that she could. I mean, 
it's something to admire and it's something to maybe, you know, in hopes that all women can have an example out of her. Uh, and that is to stay strong and to believe in yourself and to never, you know, uh, there's going to be lots of naysayers. Which one are you going to listen to? Yourself, who believes in what you're doing, or everybody else? You know, and she had to believe in what she was doing. She had to, and she had God on her side. You know what I mean? And she is very, you know, involved with the church as well as Christianity. And so she was able to see forward and keep moving forward. And um, I want us to take away from that as women in general or as a population in general is that we do have to move forward. You know, and we have to try to understand each other the best way we can because we're in this world together. We're in it together. So to leave this on a positive note, um, you know, Madam CJ Walker, we thank you for all that you have brought forth to this world and left behind. You're still a memory. You're still someone to respect and you are definitely excellence. And a lot of us can take uh, a page or two from your long notebook. So we hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show. Whether you lead with your heart or your mind, stay passionate, stay thoughtful. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.